All right, good evening. Good to see all you guys coming out tonight for Ecclesiastes. I, don't, I hope you're not getting tired of it yet because I think it's, we're getting there towards the end and I think it's getting a little bit better. I think it's been great so far and I think it just builds all the way to the end to where chapter 12 is the the apex, the, the crescendo of the whole book. So we're going to get there. You just got to hang in with us. And, and tonight we'll be in Ecclesiastes 9 and 10. So if you have your Bibles, turn there with me and we're going to be uh, looking at this passage here, just a few short verses, but I, I want to remind you of something before we get started, that the book of Ecclesiastes is addressed to young people. Uh, chapter 12, verse 1, he says, that, Remember now the Creator in the days of your youth. So he's talking to young people. It's old, wise Solomon standing up in front of a crowd of young people and trying to tell them two things. The first one, and maybe even the first uh, bulk of the book, was how to live a wise life. Here's how to live a life in a wise way so that you'll have a good life in this short life that you have. So he said, here's how you, what you need to do. You need to be wise. And in this passage today, he turns it around and says, don't be foolish. So it's the opposite. On one side, don't you've got to be wise. And on the other side, don't be foolish. So I titled the sermon tonight, Don't Be a Fool. That's the advice he gives us. Don't be a fool. I could have said, don't make a fool of yourself. I could have said, how to foolproof your life. But we're going to look at tonight, don't be a fool. So let's stand together, and I want to read this passage to you, and I want to give you that advice, the same advice that Solomon would give young people. Don't be a fool. Here's the end of it. If you live life like a fool, you'll waste your life. If you live life in a wise way, you'll truly live life. So don't live life like a fool. And I'll say it here in a few minutes, but I think we are living in a world of fools. Uh, Roger Murray, I'm just calling him out, said this morning, he said, you're exactly right, preacher. It's a world full of idiots. <laughs> and uh, I said, well, I said fools. You can say idiots if you want to. But we're living in a world of fools. And I think Solomon was living in a world of fools. And I, I think that's what we're seeing. You'll see that as we get through this tonight. So let me read to you Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verses 13 through uh, chapter 10, verse 4. It says, this wisdom have I seen also under the sun, and it seemed great unto me. There was a little city and a few men within it, and there came a great king against it and besieged it and built a great bulwarks against it. Now there was found in it a poor wise man, and he by his wisdom delivered the city, yet no man remembered that same poor man. Then said I, wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised and his words are not heard. The words of wise men are heard in quiet more than the cry of him that ruleth among fools. Wisdom is better than the weapons of war, but one sinner destroyeth much good. Dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. So doth a little foolishness or folly him that is in reputation for wisdom and honor. A wise man's heart is at his right hand, but a fool's heart is at his left. Yea, also when he, is, when he that is a fool walketh by the way, his wisdom faileth him, and he saith to everyone that he's a fool. If the spirit of the ruler rise up against thee, leave not thy place, for yielding pacifieth great offenses. And if you're like me, when I first read that, I said, what in the world is that saying? And the deeper I got into it, and I spent a week in this passage, I mean, just, just digging and, and searching and trying to see what it said. And I found something very valuable here today. And I think, we, I think if, if God will help me, I'll be able to share it with you tonight. So let's go ahead and pray and we'll study. Don't be a, a fool. Father, we li live in a world of fools. It's everywhere. It's on TV around us. It's in our politics. It's it's in our uh, it's all around us. In our schools, in our families, in our businesses. There's fools everywhere. And God, I think that was not just the case today. It was the case then. 
And I think Solomon has seen it, been around the world, seen it all. And he said, it's a world of fools. But if we want to live a well life, we need to be the ones who are wise. So God, teach us tonight how to not be a fool. And I think this is very valuable. And maybe even for my, my kids that are up here listening tonight, I need to hear this more than anybody. That as the young people, don't, don't grow up and be a fool. Be wise. So God, teach us these things tonight. And we ask and pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. I'm going to give you a quote tonight from a very, very wise man. And he said this in one of the greatest stories that was ever told. An underdog story that was uh, written in the late 70s. It was made into a movie in the early 80s. And in this movie, this very, very wise man said, and if you want to write this down, this is one of the wisest quotes that you'll ever find. And in this wise man, in, in that story, he said, I pity the fool. <laughs> and that, that movie was Rocky Three, and that wise man was a man named Mr. T. And he made that quote famous, and it, it's not, I pity the fool, it is, I pity the fool. And he made that quote famous, and, and he uh, actually took that quote from that movie, as Clubber Lang in the movie, and he turned it into a television show. I don't know if anybody here would remember that television show, and the name of the television show was called... You guessed it, I pity the fool. And in that show, he went around the country, Mr. T did, and I know I'm being a little bit silly here tonight, because I think the passage can be a little bit silly. Uh, if, you, if you really look at this passage, I think the, the theme of the passage should be a clown, just a, a foolish person. So Mr. T went around the country finding fools, and he didn't have a hard time. And this, this show obviously only lasted about six episodes, but in one episode he went to a dance school. And he said, I pity the fool who can't dance. I mean, that was, that was the, the gist of the, of the episode. He went to a horse farm and said, I pity the fool who can't ride a horse. He went to a real estate company, and I guess I didn't watch it. I just looked up the synopsis of it. He said, I pity the fool who can't sell a house. Uh, so that was the, the, the six episodes. He gave them wisdom from Mr. T. And he looked at the foolish people in life, and he said, here's some wisdom from, I, I guess he thought he was one of the wise men. And, and that's, I know it's funny, but I think it's serious. We're living in a, a world of fools where it's everywhere that we go. Anywhere that you turn, you're going to run into a, a fool. It's everywhere. We're living in a, in a time where there's a greater pandemic today than the COVID-19. We have a pandemic of foolishness, or you could say stupidity or ignorance. It's, it's everywhere that we turn. Everywhere that you look, you're going to find foolishness. And we, we in our culture today, this has always been the case, but in our culture, we now celebrate foolishness. We don't pity the fool, we celebrate the fool. We are uh, honoring the fool. We, we are laughing at the fool. It should be pitied, but we honor foolishness. We even vote foolishness into office anymore. We don't pity the fool, we honor the fool. It's a pandemic of foolishness in our world. And I think you guys, not sure right, right now looking around, but I think you guys would agree with that. There are fools everywhere that we turn. And they should be pitied, and it should be avoided, and we should be training our children not to be like that. Don't be a fool. And I think that's exactly what Solomon is getting to in this passage. I don't think he's saying what Mr. T said, I pity the fool. I think he might be saying in King James language, I pitieth the fool. <laughs> so I think that's what he's getting to here. He has placed in this book everybody in one of two categories. You are either in life a fool or wise. 
And he's given us the wisdom at the, in the first nine chapters of the book. It's been the theme. He says life is, is a vapor. It's short. It's going to be here today and, and gone tomorrow. So if life is that fast and it's going to go like that, then it would be wise of you to live a wise life. Then you ought to, with the days that you have, be as wise as you can. He says buy up wisdom. Uh, get people around you that are wise and, and learn from them. Don't be around fools. Don't, don't work with fools. Don't marry a fool. Be, be around wise people. Get as much wisdom as you can so you can live wise in the life that you have. And we would define wisdom as, I like this, wisdom is experience in God's world and knowledge of God's word. Put those two things together and you have wisdom. I want to say that again. I've said it throughout Ecclesiastes, but I want to make sure we get this. Wisdom is experience in God's world. Knowledge of God's word. Putting that together creates wisdom. And now, he says, he's already told us about wisdom. He wants to warn us about foolishness. About the folly of foolishness. And, and here I think, and I've already said it, but I'm going to say it over and over and over. He's going to give us a picture of a fool. And, and I, I wish I had the ability to draw this out for you. Because as we go through this, I just want to paint a picture for you of what a fool looks like. And at the end, we'll get the, the picture done, and, and it's going to look like a clown. If, if Again, if I had the ability to do it, I, you know, I, well, I would have a board up here, and we, we would draw all over it. At the end, there would be a clown hat with a clown nose, and it would be, here's the fool, don't be like the fool. He's going to tell us to avoid this at all costs. Don't be a fool. Don't waste your life. Don't ruin your life. So let's learn tonight how to foolproof our lives. And I've broken this passage down into four points. And I want to show you as we walk through it how not to be a fool. Don't be a fool. Number one, I want to show you the priority of foolishness. The priority of a fool. What does a fool choose? Now, now watch this. He, and he tells us a story here at the outset, verses 13 through, through 18. He tells us, and I don't know if it's a made-up story, uh, if it's uh, something that he just, he's off the top of his head, he's saying, let's imagine if this happened, or if throughout his life he's seen this happen and it's a real story. I don't know, there's no way for us to know. It sounds real to me, but let, let's read it. So I, I, I want you to see this. It would be the priority of the fool. So he says there in verse 14, and in verse 13, it seems like he's seen this. I've seen this under the sun. And in verse 14, he says there was a little city. So he's telling the story about a little tiny town with not very many people in it. There's a little city with a few men in it, and there came, and so there's going to be a war. It's going to have a little city with a few men, and there's going to be a great king that comes against it and besiege it and build great, great bulwarks against it. Who do you think is going to win that battle? You've got a small town with a very few people going up against a great king with a, with a mighty army. If we were to put that together, and that's why I started with Mr. T. You put Mr. T up against Rocky, who do you think is going to win? It's a great underdog story. So you have a, a small town with, with very few people going up against this great king and a mighty army. Now watch what happens. Now there was found in that city a wise man. A poor little old wise man came walking into the council meeting. <laughs> and they were all arguing about what they could do to beat this great king and this army. And the wise man walks in, and he's not what you'd think a wise man would be. Poor little wise man. 
Probably an older man with gray hair that stood along the streets that nobody paid any attention to at all. But he had lived life and he would understood life and he had a knowledge of life and he had a, had a knowledge of God's Word. And he put those two things together and it was wisdom. He understood things. He understood how life works and he understood the, the Word of God. So he put those two things together and this man was wise. He wasn't like a professor sitting there with a, with a pipe stroking his chin that we would think would be a wise man. No, this guy was just somebody along the street that is easily overlooked. And he walks into this council meeting, this is how I picture it, and he gives them advice. Here's what I think you should do going up against this large city. And watch what happens. And by his wisdom, he delivered the city. I mean, this this guy led them to victory. This guy gave them advice that they never thought of. All these council members that, 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 that had climbed the ladder and had political success and they argued about what they should be doing against this big city. And all of a sudden this little bitty man comes walking in who's lived life, knows God's word, and he says, I got it. And he led them to victory. Now you would expect this guy would be celebrated. You'd expect here this poor wise man would become the mayor of the town. You'd expect this poor wise man to be remembered, to have a statue made of him, to have a park and a a parade where they'd run him through town and they'd rename the town Poor Manville or something like that. But that's not what happened. Look what happened. No man remembered that same poor man. He went back to being a poor little man and nobody ever thought about him again. You say, what is the lesson to this one? He went from a hero to a zero like that? The lesson here is, fools despise wisdom. Well, watch what he says, and he goes to say that. This is a great lesson here. I want to get into the application. Watch. He says in verse 16, Then said I, wisdom is better than strength. I I like that. It's (laughs) Tell that to a guy who lifts weights and runs a lot. Wisdom is better than being strong. Wisdom is, is better than weapons, he says in verse 18. Wisdom is better than the weapons of war. Wisdom is better than youth, he would say. Wisdom is better than having riches. But wisdom is better than, than good looks. Wisdom is better than popularity. And what he's going to say here is that we should always choose wisdom over those things. We should always, and I want, I want, to, I want you to get this, always choose wisdom over strength. Always choose wisdom over looks. If you're going to marry somebody, you don't necessarily need to go for the best looking. You need to go for the one who's the wisest, the most experienced in life, in God's world, and the most knowledge of God's word will make you a wise wife. How about a pastor? Don't choose the one. I know you guys did based on looks and, and, and all those things, but you would much rather have a wise pastor than one who is charismatic and, and you know, all the things that the world looks for. And he says, that's not what fools do. Fools look, 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 uh, choose against wisdom. It, it's overlooked. The poor wise man was despised, it said, and not heard. The poor man's wisdom is despised and his words are not heard. He's ignored. He's overlooked. And that's what wisdom is. Fools despise wisdom. Fools ignore wisdom. Fools won't listen to wisdom. And then it goes on to say the words of a wise man are heard because they're quiet more than the cry of a fool who is loud. You see that? Fools listen to and value the wrong voices. Now let me apply this to us. It's the priority of a fool. He always chooses to listen to bad advice over wise advice. 
Fools do that. Fools will choose, again, good looks over wisdom, or strength over wisdom, or money over wisdom, or loud voices because they're loud over quiet voices. Wisdom knows who to listen to. Wisdom prioritizes the right voices. It's not always the loudest voice that is the wisest voice. The wisest voice is often hid in the plainest wrappings, just like him. The wisest voices are, pro- are oftentimes just the, the elderly people in the church that you never even see or pay attention to. And it's usually the loud people in church that you pay attention to, the ones that will stand up and, and make trouble, and you'll listen to them and do what they think, or because they have money, or because they, 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 they have power, or because they have strength. But it's the poor little person in the pew that never says much at all. That's probably the wisest person in the church. Ours is a loud culture, and we usually listen to the loudest voices. It's not in the prettiest people. Let me, let me just go through this, and I'll, I'll move on to the second point. Wisdom is not in the prettiest people. We listen to models today. We, li- we listen to people on Instagram influencers. They're the ones who give us advice on how to do things. A fool will listen to somebody, somebody because they're pretty. A fool will listen to somebody because they're rich. Just because you have money doesn't mean you're wise. You can have a lot of money and rich people, it said, are just fools with nicer cars. We don't listen to people because they're pretty. We don't listen to people because they're, they're rich. We don't listen to people because they're famous. I can't stand when a famous person comes on TV and says, I think you need to vote this way. Why should I listen to you? Fools listen to people because they're famous. How about this one? And this may get me in trouble, but I'm going to say it. Last time I said this, the last one. I'm just making sure. Fools listen to experts. And I say this as, as humbly and, and as uh, and honoring experts as best as I can. But you've got a lot of experts that have a wealth of knowledge, but don't have an ounce of wisdom. An expert that doesn't know anything about the Word of God is no expert to be listened to. They can tell us about science, but they have no idea how to live life. We listen to powerful people. Fools listen to powerful people. Don't listen to someone because they're the prettiest, the richest, the famous, the, the, the social media influences, the, the experts, the powerful people, the politicians. Just, just because they have a, a place or a position, that doesn't mean we listen to them. We need to, if we're going to be wise and not fools, find those who have wisdom and be around them and listen to them. Fools prioritize folly. So don't be a fool. Don't listen to fools. The priority of a fool always chooses to listen to wrong voices. We need to find the wisest people that we can and choose to be in their circle and choose to listen to them and choose to follow them. And again, wisdom is knowledge of God's word, experiencing God's world. Put those things together, wisdom. A fool has neither. A fool won't even listen to God. So we don't listen to them. That's the priority of a fool. Number two, I want to show you the power of foolishness. You say, well, what's what's wrong with being a fool? (laughs) One foolish decision can destroy your life. Look what it says in verse 1. This is another one of those coffee mug verses. 
Dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. <laughs> so does a little folly, him that is in reputation for wisdom and honor. So he gives us another illustration here that a, a dead fly can ruin your cologne. <laughs> that's what it says. I mean, and, and that's, a, that's the truth. I mean, let me tell you about cologne there. This is, a, this is a parable. So in that time, cologne was the most valuable thing that you could have. There were no showers. There was no uh, deodorant. It was hot. Let's put those things together. And it creates a stinky environment. Let's say that again. No showers, no deodorant, desert heat. There was a lot of stinking people around. So the most valuable thing to have was some ointment. or, or and, and it wasn't like a, a spray cologne. Well, like when I'm talking to my kids, I call it cologne. That's just how I say it. There was a spray cologne. It was an ointment that you would rub on your body, almost like a, like a lotion. So they had it, had, they would have it around and it took time and effort into making this stuff. And it wasn't like you could just, just get, you know, you couldn't buy it anywhere. You couldn't make it anywhere. So when you had some, it was very, very valuable. And you put a lot of time and a lot of effort into it. And one tiny little fly in it would make it stink. It would fall into this lotion. It would be hidden in there because it's so tiny. And you'd only know it when it started to stink and not smell good. I've done a lot of studying about flies and cologne this week. But it would ruin it. Just like we say one bad egg. Just like we say one bad apple. Their saying was one bad fly can ruin your cologne. Or you could say, you say, well, one fly ain't that bad. I mean, you could just keep using it. You, you spent tons of money on it. You can't just throw it out because of one bad fly or one dead fly. That's like saying one hair in my meal don't really make that big a deal. One little thing can ruin one big thing. You say, what is this lesson here? It's the power of foolishness. We may have a reputation built up for years we may be considered, and he says this here in verse 1, somebody who is, has a reputation of wisdom and honor. That they've built uh, in, in a lifetime. They're well respected. They, they've worked hard. They have a family. They have children. They work in the community. And one foolish mistake, one little thing can ruin every bit of it like that. That's the power of foolishness. And it doesn't necessarily even have to be a sin. It can just be a foolish decision. It can be one unguarded moment. It can be one uh, a hasty word or an irritable temper. One little mistake and you have ruined a lifetime of honorable, wise reputation. One foolish decision can ruin a life. It's easier, a commentary said this week, it's easier to cause a stink than to create a sweetness. You'll spend a lifetime trying to create a sweetness. And one foolish mistake will cause a stink. And you can find this all over the place. One foolish person in a church on a phone. Can ruin everything that's going on in the church. Do you understand that? You've seen it. I've seen it. The church can be going great. And it can be going in the right direction. And you get one person that gets on the phone. And spreads one little rumor. And before you know it the whole church is split. All it takes is one. One foolish decision. I can give you more examples. One of the greatest baseball players that ever lived, Pete Rose. One foolish decision to gamble towards the end of his career. 
And he, he's ruined it all. Daryl Strawberry, and you know, I, I, I like these examples. One of the sweetest swings in the history of baseball. Used to love him growing up as a kid. I had his little starting lineup. I'd watch him for the Mets. Him and Dwight Doc Gooden. Two of the greatest players you could ever want to watch. And they, incredible baseball players. They were great at, at what they'd done. But they were also great at doing drugs. One foolish mistake. And destroyed their careers. You've seen it with preachers. You've seen it in marriages. You've seen it with young people. Young people, you better be very careful who you date. One foolish mistake can destroy your life. You better be careful who your friends are. You better be careful what you post online. I mean, you, you, one, get, get this, I've, I've seen it just recently. That, that, that somebody becomes famous or they become a, a rich athlete, they get drafted into the NFL, and somebody at home is going back in and looking at all their tweets for 10 years and finds one foolish thing that they said and they are now canceled. One foolish mistake can destroy a lifetime of work. So you need to think about the power of foolishness. You need to think about the flies that are flying over your ointment. Because it could fall in and die in your life at any time. One foolish act can stain an otherwise spotless life. That's what he's saying there. That's the power of foolishness. So we go from the priority of foolishness to the power of foolishness. Let me show you the path of foolishness. The direction that a fool goes, he shows here. He says, a wise man, his heart is going to go to the right. And a fool, his heart will go to the, to the left. That's, that's two directions there. That's not a political statement at all. But he says, a, a wise man goes to the right. That, that their heart guides them in that direction. And the place of the right in the Bible was always, it was like what we said this morning, that Jesus is seated on the right hand of God. That's a place of honor and strength and favor and blessing. So a wise man always goes in the right direction. The, the direction of blessing and the direction of favor and the direction of, of strength and the direction of, of honor. But a fool goes in the direction of, and, and for centuries people have said that there's something wrong with left-handed people just because of this verse. There's nothing to do with that. The left was always seen as an unskilled hand. Most people were had their strong hand was the right and their unskilled hand was the left. So to go to the right was good and to go to the left was bad. So it would be wise to go to the right and it would be foolish to go to the left. And a, and a wise man's heart is going the way just of honor and strength and, and, and the way that is, that is right and good and, and blessed. But a fool's heart will always send him in the wrong direction. To the left. Again, not necessarily to the left, just to the wrong way. To the foolish things. To the place that isn't, is not honorable, it's dishonorable. The place that isn't blessed, but it's, it's cursed. So he says a fool's heart's gonna take him that way. That's his, his pathway. That's, that's the way that he walks. That's where he goes. That's the pattern. That should be a, that'd be a good point. The pattern of foolishness. The pattern of his life is foolishness. And the pattern of a wise man is Right. So what he's saying there, and I think it's true, that a wise man, nine times out of ten, is going to make a wise decision. He may mess up every now and then, and a fool, nine times out of ten, is going to make a foolish decision. 
That's just the way that their heart sends them. No wonder we don't want to listen to a fool. You say, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm not a fool, I, I, but I mess up two or three times. I'm, I've made a lot of foolish decisions in my life, but I wouldn't consider myself a fool. Well, if, if that's the pattern of your life and you're making bad decision, marrying bad person after bad person after bad person after bad person, and you're having bad job after bad job after bad job, and everything is, is, is complete foolishness, how can you call yourself wise? The pattern of your life says fool. Fool, fool, nothing you can do. <laughs> that's foolishness. Some of y'all don't know country music. So you can tell a fool by the direction he goes. A wise man is consistently choosing wise decisions, making wise decisions, and a fool is consistently making foolish decisions. So you can watch the pattern of somebody's life and the pathway that they walk and tell whether they're wise or fool. Foolish. That's what he says. And then he goes on to say, again, I think it's rare that you find somebody. You say, what happens if you got... Listen, this is good. If you've got somebody who's five times wise and five times foolish, he's a fool. A wise man doesn't keep on making the same mistake over and over and over and over and over. Fool me once, right? Shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. A wise man learns from his mistakes. So how do you know if you're making a foolish decision? It's easy to tell. Watch what he says here. I think this is good. He says, yea, also, so that's what he says, a wise man's going to go the right way and a foolish person's going to go the left way. That's the, the pattern of the path of their life. That's just how they are. And I think you can tell that. You can watch people and say, he's pretty consistently wise. You can do that with pastors. Pretty consistently a wise man. If you've got a pastor, and I don't want to be mean here, but he's jumping from church to church to church, and every church he goes to, he ruins, he splits, he ruins, he splits, and he's just going through it. It's a pattern of life. He's probably a fool. I thought I would get an amen out of that one. That's a... <laughs> you can watch, watch people's lives. You can tell. You say, how can you tell? By their actions. Look at the actions of a fool here. So he says that in verse 2. And then he says in verse 3, Yea, also, when he that is a fool walketh his way, his wisdom fails him, and his actions. It's not, it's not his words. He's not walking around saying, Hey, I'm a fool, I'm a fool, I'm a fool. His actions scream, I'm a fool. His life screams. As he's walking down the road, you can see him and know he's a fool. Can you tell a wise man from a fool? It's not that hard. Just watch their life and you, you can tell it. It's, it isn't disguised. He's saying here, it's easy to see. Fools easily express themselves. They, they, they show it. There's nothing more obvious than a fool. Their actions, their life, their decisions, who they hang out with, says I'm a fool. That makes you want to say, I'm going to be careful who I'm friends with, doesn't it? That makes you want to say, I want to be careful who I go to church with. That makes you say, I want to be careful who I listen to. I want to be careful who I follow. I want to be careful who my kids are friends with. 
You tell me who you're friends with and I'll tell you who you're going to become. I said it on Wednesday night. Yes, I am protective of my kids because I don't want them to be around fools. I want them to be around wise people. They give them wise advice. So they don't make a foolish decision that will destroy their life. You can tell the wise from the fool. And, and, and I, I found this week, I mean, he, he says, I could give you everyday examples, I, I won't. But let me give you biblical examples on this. I found 25. You guys see these? Biblical examples of a fool. Just, to, just so you know, that that's a fool. I won't give you all 25. I think I'm going to put this on my fridge at my house. Again, I'm not going to give you all 25. Unless I feel like it, then I'll give you all 25. I pity the fool who has to listen to all 25. <laughs> and this is biblical. I can give you the, the chapter and verse. A fool. This is how you can tell a fool. Biblically. A fool despises instruction. A fool won't listen to what anybody tells him. I, 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 just, just thinking. I've had so many people in my office that have come to me for wisdom, direction. Hoping that I would have a knowledge of the world, God's world and a, or a knowledge of God's word and experience in God's world that puts those things together and I would be a wise man. That's why the Proverbs says that the most, most wise men have gray hair. So the grayer I get, the better off I am. But people come to me in my office and they're asking for advice. And most of the time when they walk out of my office and they go down the next step of their life, they do the exact opposite of what I'm ask them to do despise any wisdom that's given to them it's a fool they're going to listen to somebody who's going to tell them what they want to do second a fool grieves his mother (laughs) and that's proverbs 10 a wise son makes a glad father but a foolish son is sorrow to his mother grieves his mother enjoys mischief (laughs) Proverbs 10, again, doing wrong is like a joke to a fool. He enjoys it. He laughs at it. He likes doing mischievous things. It's foolish. Our kids are foolish. Do you understand that? I go down this list, and, and, and at a young age, our kids are foolish. They, 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 do, they, they laugh at silly things, and they, they love to, to be mean, and they, they don't listen to their parents. But what we're to do as parents is to give them wisdom. I know God's word. I've lived in God's world. Now let me teach you wisdom. And as they get older, they should be showing more wisdom so that when they get out of the house, they have a knowledge of God's word and experience in God's world and they can go out and live a wise life. But in our culture today, we want to give five-year-olds the ability to determine their own gender. That's foolishness. Foolishness. Most five-year-olds want to be a T-Rex. And you're telling them they can have gender assignment surgery? They can't even vote. They can't drive. They can't even cut their own meat at dinner time. And you want to let them decide what gender they're going to be? Foolishness. 
That's why we don't let kids make big decisions until they get some wisdom. Let's, let's go on. This is practical stuff. Number three. <laughs> He's always right in his own eyes. You say, what, what the verse is that? The way of a fool is always right in his own eyes. Proverbs 12, 15. <laughs> they think they never do any wrong. It's foolish. Wise people know they've done wrong and they correct it when they do. Let's move on. They're arrogant and careless. One who is wise is cautious and turns away from evil, but a fool is reckless and careless. The fool rejects his father's instruction. Isaiah, did you hear that? <laughs> a fool, I mean, here it is, Proverbs 15.5. A fool despises his father's instruction. I mean, that's it's straight out of the Bible. That's a foolish thing to do. Your father is most likely going to be wiser than you are. A fool would say, Dad don't know what he's talking about. I was a fool when I was a teenager. I thought Dad was the dumbest thing Dad, you don't know. You ain't lived. You don't know what my life is like. Don't tell me that. The older I get, the more I see Dad was more wise than I ever could have gave him credit for. Amen. <laughs> and, and my kids will see that too right now. They're like, Dad, huh, what do you mean I don't have to? What do you mean it's not good to play Fortnite for 15 hours a day? <laughs> Dad. A fool rejects his father's instruction. A fool. Do you see now why Solomon is teaching these things to young people? Solomon got it. Number five. <laughs> the fool despises his mother and father. I mean, it, 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 that, it, this, that, that one said five or six times. A wise son makes a glad father. But a foolish man despises his mother. I mean, that, that's it. And you say, you just read that one. No, it's a completely different verse. It's like Solomon is wanting us to get that. Your mother and your father have experience in God's world and should have knowledge of God's word so now they can teach you wisdom. Listen to them. Now we have fools raising fools creating a foolish world. I told you this. Is, you guys thought that the fly and the dead and the cologne was just, we were going somewhere. Watch this. A fool has worldly focus. Focuses more on the world than it says that discerning uh, the discerning sets his face towards wisdom, but a fool sets his face to the earth. Solomon has said that multiple times. Bring in as much wisdom as you can. Wisdom is more valuable than gold. Get that. But a fool goes out and, and, and wants strength and wants money and wants all that the world has to offer. Look at this one. The fool grieves his parents. <laughs> he said, Josh, you just said that. Yeah, different verse. The foolish son is a grief to his father and bitterness to her who bore him. Maybe that's why God put in the Ten Commandments, honor your mother and father. I don't say maybe, it's, that's what it is. I'll give you another verse. You want another one? He hurts his parents. <laughs> a fool will not discuss any viewpoint but his own. Oh, man, that puts a lot of our politicians as fools. We very rarely have a wise man in office because a wise man knows in office isn't it the place to be. You say, why is most of our politicians fools? 
Because only a fool would run for office and go and do what they're doing. That, that's my opinion. That's not Bible truth. We'll not discuss any viewpoint but his own. Proverbs 18, 12. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his own opinions. <laughs> Foolishness. Said, Josh, how many more of these are you want to do? I don't know when I, when I feel like stopping. A fool provokes others to anger by his words. A fool's lips walk into a fight, and his mouth invites a beating. <laughs> Is that not a good verse? Put that one on a t-shirt. A fool's mouth walks right into a fist. He just he just runs his mouth. You guys know some fools? Just asking for it. I've said that to somebody before. Man, you're just asking for it. I've seen that on Facebook. Man, you're just asking for a fight on Facebook. Fools. Next verse. A smart mouth usually gets him in trouble. A fool's mouth is his ruin. His lips a snare to his soul. Proverbs 18.7 A fool is uh, quarrelsome. <laughs> Wants to argue all the time. It's an honor for a man to keep aloof from strife, but every fool will be a quarreling man. <laughs> Ready to just all the time wanting to fight somebody. Man, alive if that isn't our culture today. Everybody wants to argue about something. I'll keep going. You guys know what number we're on? I've lost track. I'll say we're on like 13. The fool wastes money. Stop, Josh. Don't say it. <laughs> the government has been sending us money. You know, I've got five kids. They've sent me so much money. A fool blows it. And they sent it on Thursday, and you ain't got a dime on Friday. <laughs> That's as far as I'll go with it. A fool repeats his folly. Like a dog returns to his vomit, a fool repeats his folly. Repeatedly making the same mistake over and over and over and over and over and over. Like a modern worship song, it just keeps on repeating. <laughs> Rachel got it. A fool, I'm going to give you two more. A fool can't resolve conflicts. If a wise man has an argument with a fool, the fool only rages and laughs and there's no quiet. Doesn't know how to make up. Fool. Last one, he gives full vent to his anger. A fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds back. And we're getting ready to look at that in this last point here. But that's, and I, I can give you this list. I can copy that off for you. You can put it on your fridge. And what you can do is make sure you foolproof your life and you can look out and see, fool, 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 fool. Don't want to hang out with you. Don't want to be near you. Ain't going to listen to your advice. Want to hide you on Facebook. My kids ain't going to hang out with you. You're a fool. You don't have to say that. That would be foolish. Just hold it in and say, I ain't going to have nothing to do with fools. A lot of fools. So check yourself. I pity the fool who does these things. So that's the pathway or the pattern of a fool. You guys thought you was going to get done early until I went to 25 points, right? So let me move to the last one, verse, verse 4, and I'll, and I'll close. We've seen the priority of a fool. He, he, he chooses foolishness over wisdom. 
We've seen the power of foolishness. One, one bad decision will ruin you. We've seen the pathway of a fool. And you can tell which way they're going by their actions. And I want to show you the passion of a fool. Seems like fools are, are just, just, just can't control their passion. Watch what it says in verse 4. It says, if the spirit of the ruler rise up against thee, that's your boss. If your boss says something to you, you don't like. Okay? That's what it's saying there in verse 4. I hope that when we read this the first time, there's a whole passage, you guys are like, mm, there's nothing there. And I hope when we get done, you say, wow, there's a lot there. Verse 4. So the, the ruler rises up against you. That's your boss. Don't quit your job. That's what it says. Okay, that's in Josh's, my translation. When your ruler says something you don't like, when your boss makes you mad, don't quit. Okay? That's your passion gets stirred up. You may feel good to do that where you say, all right, I'm done. <laughs> and you feel real good about that. And you pack your box up and you take your, your picture of your family and you throw it in the box and you walk out of there. You know, I, I told him, you know. And then you forgot something and you have to go walk back in for it. <laughs> I've watched a lot of TV shows where that happens. He says, don't do that for just yielding will calm down a lot of great defenses. That could be a friend that makes you mad and you say something that you shouldn't say. One word and passion can destroy a friendship. It's foolish. One argument amongst a, a husband and a wife where words come out. And once you get those words out, they don't come back in could ruin a marriage all because something was said in passion one fist thrown <laughs> how about a, one i'll get mad at my pastor <laughs> i mean let's apply it to a church again how many times have you seen that i've seen it in a business meeting one time first business meeting i ever was a pastor over I mean, I've been a pastor like one week we have a business meeting in walks this fool <laughs> I mean, I'm talking about me. I had no idea. I thought everything was going to go smooth. You know, church is like heaven on earth. Sometimes it can be like hell on earth. And that business meeting was. I walk in there. I got my Robert's Rules of Order. I got everything ready to go. And in that meeting, Chairman of the Deacon stands up and says, I'm done with this church. I'm, it's over. I'll never step foot in here again. And he screams out the door. And I'm sitting there like, what did I get myself into? I'm going to quit too. I'm gone. Everybody's sitting there like, what just happened? Steph can tell you, she, she knows. She was there. I've been a pastor a week when that happened. She says, I'm done with this place. Chairman of the deacons. I'm sitting there thinking, it wasn't a month later. He had to come crawling back. He wasn't mad at me. I hadn't been there long enough to mess up, mess anything up yet. Come crawling back. I'm sorry. I made a passionate, foolish decision. And I'm sorry. How many times have you seen it in churches? I've seen it more than you could ever imagine. I mean, I've Seen people in churches get mad at me and just in a split second, I didn't like what you said. I didn't like that you didn't shake my hand. Or I didn't like that you didn't, and, or you did, or, and this, I'm done with this place. I'm, I'm packing my stuff up and leaving. And they take the hymnal with them. <laughs> this is my hymnal, you know, I'm gone. 
foolishness. A wise person calms down before they make any decision like that. I've seen that. I've seen players do it. I mean, some of y'all ever played on a team where you had a player get mad in the heat of the moment. I've seen it as a on a team. I was, I was at a practice one time, and one of the players got mad and just said, this, this is a true story. I'm not lying. The, the, the player just got mad, and, and he went and got his bag, walked out the door, and said some choice things to the coach. And we're all just sitting there thinking, oh, my goodness, what just happened here? And he walks out the door, and the coach says, all right, let's get back to practice. It wasn't an hour later when practice ended. <laughs> that dad came in, pointing his finger at his son, said, and said, you get back out there. <laughs> Foolish decision of a kid. Foolishness. Don't make decisions in the heat of the moment. That's foolishness. And that's what he's saying there. Yielding will pacify a lot of offenses. Get this. You're going to have people that makes you mad, pushes your buttons. You can't control what they do, but a wise person can't control the way you respond to it. So it says, don't leave. Don't get upset. Don't be a hothead. Don't quit. (laughs) That's not wise. That's not mature. That's immature. It might feel good to walk out and to quit and to tell that person off. (laughs) But it's foolish. And I think as we look through this, (laughs) I'll give you another story and I'll quit. I had a friend one time. We were playing basketball at UVA Wise. I wish he was watching this sermon. I think he'd laugh at it. He lost, got mad, and took off his shoe and threw it up in the bleachers. (laughs) And walks outside and forgets that he has to ride home with us. <laughs> that was an awkward car ride home. Foolish. Foolishness. Right, this is, that's what it says. It's foolish. I'm not saying never to quit. I'm not saying never to walk out. I'm not saying never to quit a job or to leave a church or to throw your shoe in the bleachers. I'm just saying a wise person knows how to do that and when to do that. When to quit, when to leave, and how to go about doing it. Rudyard Kipling said this, If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you, then you'll be a man, my son. That's wisdom. Life's heat is how we grow and toughen up spiritually. Never let one person's actions determine your reactions. Always keep your cool. That's what this is saying. And I'm going to quit there because I think the rest of the passage is going to say the same thing. I I didn't know how far to go with it this week because verse 5, it goes into foolishness again. Verse 6, it says, Folly is set in great dignity and the rich sit in a low place. So there he's going to say, I can make it point five, the position of fools. And he's talking about when you have fools as your leader over your nation. How should you react? We'll look at that next week. But I think we all see now, for me, and I hope it didn't come across as me standing up here saying, you fools. Because <laughs> I look at my life in, in, in this passage and, and I can say, man, I've made some foolish decisions. And I've responded foolishly and I've acted in, in, in ways that I shouldn't as a pastor, as a husband, as a father, as a man in the community. I've been a fool. And I think all of us have. Just made some foolish decisions. And when we do that, I am so thankful for the forgiveness of God and the grace of God 
that those foolish decisions didn't ruin me, but they helped me to learn and get me where I am today. Those foolish decisions could have easily just ruined my life, my reputation throughout, throughout life. But God was gracious to me and he's been gracious to you. And here you see it. And whatever foolish decision you've made, use that as a learning point and say, I'm not going to do that anymore. And let's not be fools. Let's be wise. And the wisest man who ever lived was the Lord Jesus Christ. I've got to I gotta, I gotta turn it to him. He experienced the world. That's amazing to me because he did. He spent 33 years experiencing the same world that we live in. And he experienced the same things that we experience. And he had a greater knowledge. He had a greater experience of God's world and a greater knowledge of God's word. So as you watch him through the New Testament and the Gospels, you're going to realize that he was the wisest man who ever lived. Every decision, even the passion that he showed, the turning over the tables was a wise decision. It wasn't a, a flash in the pan. It wasn't a, a, an, in a moment, heat of the moment, I'm going to do this. Every word that he said, every action that he took, it was all the wisest thing that could have been done. And over and over and over, he would give wise advice and it wasn't followed. Fools despise wisdom. Fools won't listen to Jesus. So you know what would be wise of us? To listen to Him. And to learn from Him. That would be wise. That we would follow Jesus through the Gospels and through His Word and say, primarily, here's where I need to get my direction. And I'm only going to listen to people who have Scripture to back it up for me. Because that's the wisest thing. So let's listen to the wisest man who ever lived. Let's follow the wisest man who ever lived. Let's learn from the wisest man who ever lived. And we have his words written right here in this book. And I guarantee you, if you do that, you'll never hear anybody ever look at you and say, I pity the food. Let's pray. Father, I... Thank you for a, a fun, a different passage of Scripture tonight. I mean, this is so different, God, than what I usually preach. Um, this was difficult. It was uh, challenging. But it was interesting and it was fun. And it was helpful to me. And I pray that it was that for the people in the pews here tonight. That they heard this and, and they had, we had a little fun with it. We did. But we also can take this and say, okay, God, help us to live a wise life. Help us as we experience your world and know your word to live wise in our lives. And God, where we've been foolish, and we all have been, not one of us here has never made a foolish decision, has never acted in a foolish way. Forgive us and help us to learn from it. Surround us with wisdom. Please. Surround my children with wisdom. Surround our kids. And we have so many kids here at this church, God. They, was, they were hurting them out of here this morning. I mean, 30, 40, 50 kids coming out of this church. Let us teach them wisdom. Surround them with wise people.
and let them listen. Please, God, in a world of fools, help us to be wise. In a world that won't listen to Jesus, help us, God, to, to listen to your Son and to follow him. And we ask and pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.